You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Blum after a week at the Senior Bowl. I was down in Mobile doing a little bit of work, got to catch a good amount of the action during these practices. Chris was able to observe and watch from the comfort of his own home and not have to sit in the rain like I did. But <laughs> nonetheless, we have some takeaways from the week practices from the Senior Bowl, the first major scouting event separate from some of the slightly smaller all-star events that is going to help kick off this draft cycle for the 2022 NFL Draft. We got our eyes on a number of different players that could very well fit with the Giants. So today we're going to talk about guys that were you should be aware of that one, fill a position of need and two, had a really, really strong week and are really putting themselves uh, into the conversation for highly draftable or just going to be drafted higher than what we thought they were previously. Chris, I want to start today's discussion, though, talking about the quarterbacks, because the entire week, it was an overly talked about headline. It was really, really dissected. The fact that, that this group was pretty much all of the eligible quarterbacks minus Matt Corral. And for the most part, they were pretty underwhelming. And the Giants, is this is something that we've discussed at length during the season. And now that we know who the next general manager is, the big question for Joe Shane and Brian Dable is, do we start the clock to, to resetting things now or do we wait? And it might be the, the time to say that we have to wait based on what a lot of people saw from this group. The only one that I think a lot of people were, were talking highly on was Malik Willis, but there were some struggles from the remaining guys making it not easy to assess that decision on, do you take a quarterback this year? Yeah, Malik Willis, I think he, of this quarterback group, he was the one who really helped himself. Yeah, Everybody knew he was athletic. You turn on his tape for five minutes and you know that. Everybody knew he had a strong arm. Again, it doesn't take long to see that on his tape. But the things I saw, at least watching the practice broadcasts, was that it, in practice, it looked like he was getting through his reads, which is something he didn't really do, he didn't really have to do at Liberty. And he was throwing with a lot better touch than I I think people expected. Uh, on tape, his throws have a lot of, it, he has a lot of very fast, very flat trajectory trajectory throws mm -hmm. but in practice you know th those flat throws were there but he did show the ability to put some touch on the ball not everything was a fastball and i think between that and just his ability to get through his reads was what he had to show and also just his demeanor in between uh in between drills in between reps i i thought was really good to see he he looked like he was having fun out there <laughs> I, i'm glad you brought that up because 
that was the the one thing that caught my attention with Malik Willis. Um, so I was I was there helping the Draft Network do their media coverage. So I was doing a lot of like work with video, and so I was getting all these shots that their shooters had. And every time that there was just a shot of Malik Willis standing around, he was dancing, he was having fun, he was goofing around, but not in like an immature way, but in a way that he's like, I'm out here playing a game that I love and I'm having a good time. And it's stuff like that rallies guys around a quarterback. So I I thought that everyone was a bit more uptight. Uh, Malik Willis was definitely the most loose out of the group. And the one thing that we got from him the first day we knew all those traits that you talked about coming into it, but it really felt like he was pressing. It really felt like he was trying to do too much because he knew he was able to, and it didn't really work that well for him the first day, but he started to calm down. He started to take take a step back and say, okay, I don't need to go for uh, a big home run every time. Otherwise, that might lead to a mistake. I need to show that I can reel it in a little bit, and he took the coaching that was given to him, and that's why people are talking so much about Malik Willis is that we knew that the traits were there, but during the week of practice, does he take coaching and con- and constructive criticism uh, to an extent that it's going to help him improve as a rookie and then into his second year because we know that this guy is raw and he needs a lot of work following uh, you know this being drafted where he ever ends up. But the rest of the group though, Chris, I mean, not a whole lot coming from them. Kenny Pickett was steady but didn't really do a whole lot to wow. Carson Strong was inconsistent and he had a really rough second day. Um, and he's somebody who's considered to be a possible first-round pick. The only one that I would say that might still be on the Giants' radar, Chris, is Bailey Zappi, the Western Kentucky quarterback. But as a late-round guy, more of a backup quarterback-type guy that maybe steps in and starts if he looks good enough. But I, I don't think any other, anyone else here is really worthy of being drafted highly. Uh, yeah, I, I would pretty much agree with that. I think of the guys who are at the Senior Bowl, I, can, it, can he pick it? looks like he is the one most ready to step in and execute an NFL offense. I don't know if he can win games at the NFL level right away. He's probably the best equipped to do so. Mm. Uh, He's accurate. He's got a quick release. He's a smart quarterback. He's very experienced. But like you said, he was steady. He didn't wow, but he also didn't really hurt himself either, at least not from what I saw. Uh, There's, of course, going to be questions about his hand size. you know, maybe he can come in as in that Joe Burrow range of, you know, playing in the Super Bowl with nine inch hands. But <laughs> I, I'm not going to worry about that until he shows that it's an actual problem. Uh, Carson Strong, like you said, he was inconsistent. Desmond Ritter was inconsistent, and he is inconsistent on tape. He's capable of some amazing throws. He had probably the best throw in the game itself, but he can also be wildly off target. He's athletic. But, you know, ultimately, a quarterback needs to be able to deliver the ball to his receivers consistently. And Ritter isn't quite there. I don't know if he's not there yet or if he's a guy who will never get there, if he's going to be another Drew Locke. But, you know, Bailey Zappi, he does look like, I think, a good backup quarterback, but a backup quarterback. He has some arm strength, but he has to labor to get the ball downfield. That's kind of what I thought watching uh, Sam Howell as well, where, yeah, yeah, he could get the ball downfield, but he had to work to do it. Malik Willis, Carson Strong, those guys have effortless arm strength. Uh, Kenny Pickett, his arm is limited as well, but 
I think he has the accuracy, the anticipation to more or less make up for it. I was kind of surprised that he he actually threw the tightest spirals of anyone there. Yeah, and the last thing I just want to throw in on, on Zappi, like he might make sense to draft just to add a little bit of competition to the room. He's not really going to start, but it's based on the philosophy you see what the Patriots do, which is draft uh, quarterbacks not every single year, but there was that stretch where they went Garoppolo. A couple years later, they drafted Brissett. It doesn't hurt to draft a quarterback and then maybe see what they can do. If he's your backup, he's your backup. If you end up getting a guy who can compete for the starting job, it's also a nice plus to have. And the Giants quarterback situation certainly is has a lot of uncertainty around it. So just adding something to that to that group might be good. And Zappy's a name to remember, uh, maybe as like a later round guy. But one thing we know, Chris, is that this team needs linemen and they need them bad. And the offensive line group, there were uh, some decent weeks, but there were uh, a couple guys that really stood out in, in my mind. The first one that really, really was talked about by everybody was Zion Johnson, who was previously an FCS guy. Then he transferred to Boston College. And you were hearing buzz about Johnson being like a day two guy, an interior guy. And he, he bumps inside. He's playing in the interior. He played some center. I think he played better at guard, in my opinion. Um, but he looked really, really good in those one-on-ones to a point where he might be a late day one. And for the Giants' sake, hopefully he falls a little bit uh, into the early stages of day two because that, I think, would be a really good second-round pick to solidify your guard spots, which are a massive question mark. Yeah, I, I love the fact that Johnson... He he tried himself out at center. He played at center during the game. He worked at center during the practices. He stayed after practice in that just cold, miserable rain on Wednesday to take additional reps at center. I love to see that. I know NFL teams love to see that. Uh, what really impressed me during the game was that he didn't snap badly. He had one missed snap, uh, turned into a fumble, I believe. But he generally snapped the ball reasonably well, and he was able to get his hands up after snapping the ball. And that's tough to do. And he looked quick coming off the ball. He generated movement in in the running game. Overall, I think Zion Johnson was probably the most impressive offensive lineman. And I'm with you. I'm not sure he isn't a first round draft pick now. Yeah. He had himself a very good week. He, I believe he was named the practice player of the week. Yeah, he was. So that is, yeah, that just speaks to how well he practiced, how well he did, and teams pay attention to that. Yeah, the the practice performances are obviously the most important thing during the week. So Johnson really making a name for himself. Uh, I had two FCS guys that that caught my attention. One being Cole Strange, who from Chattanooga was primarily a tackle in college, and we knew that he was going to have to bump inside because of some length concerns. But having not played playing center at all, he played a lot of center during this week. And I thought that he snapped really, really well. He was a bit inconsistent. He is not fully developed for what you need, but he has the traits in terms of his strength and his upper body strength that it, it really excites you. And this is somebody on like day three that if you're still in need of like a center that you want to develop, I think Cole Strange would be fantastic because of those physical traits. And then also speaking on some other physical uh, traits, Chris, Trevor (laughs) Penning is definitely a a traits guy. Now, he was not the most consistent, and I'm going to keep talking about consistency, but he he had a lot of 
bad reps where he lost and he was high and he got beat. But the thing that stood out and there's varying levels of opinion on this is his demeanor and his aggressiveness and the fact that he was just throwing dudes on some of these plays. You started a lot of fights. And if anyone wants to see those fights, I posted it on my Twitter <laughs> uh, from a, a sizzle reel that ESPN put together. He did look really good on other plays and when he won, but the demeanor and the aggressiveness thing, he had to show that like just because he's coming from Northern Iowa, that doesn't mean that he's not a dude uh, and that he's not going to come out and smack people. Yeah, I mean, uh, aggressiveness is definitely a part of his game. You can see that on his tape at Northern Iowa. He seemed to lo love hitting guys. He He would seek out contact and he would always try to give that extra little extra shove at the end of a play, try to get the defender on the ground. If they're on the ground, he'll jump on them to keep them there. But yeah, he is just, he was super aggressive in practices. And I have to wonder if that wasn't part of his problem. And yeah, on tape, his balance is kind of an issue. He does wind up on the ground himself more often than you'd like to see, especially from an offensive tackle. I have to wonder if he almost doesn't, like you said with Malik Willis, try to press uh, in being aggressive. And if he just kind of toned, I don't want to say toned that down, but maybe was more judicious in how, in how yeah. he uh, expressed his aggression, it, it wouldn't help his, help take his game to the next level where he could keep his feet underneath him. He could stay anchored. He could stay balanced and really, take that his size his length his strength because he's got all of the measurables he moves well it, if he could just maybe play with a little bit more balance and just like i said judicious use of that aggression and nasty streak it, he could be a really good tackle in the nfl i think just his demeanor in, in general reminds me of alex kappa and i think he could be at least that good alignment in the nfl Cole Strange, he impressed me. For a guy who never played center, he looked good at center. You know, he physically he almost reminds me of Weston Richburg, but he's a lot stronger than Richburg was. Maybe not quite as athletic. Maybe he doesn't move quite as well. But as a potential mid-round developmental center, maybe the Giants roll the dice with uh, Billy Price for one more year and develop Cole Strange. I think he could be a good starting center in the NFL. I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, developmental guy, but he, he certainly has uh, some some traits that you can bank on. We know that this NFL draft class features a lot of really talented edge players, and they were on display this week. The big name guys were not at the Senior Bowl because they're underclassmen, but we did have some serious risers. The first two... Uh, or the big one was Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. His week was so good that he pieced out after the second practice and said, I'm good. I did everything I need to do. Everybody knows who I am, and everybody's talking about me because of how good I did. And I'm sure that his agent said, you don't need to do any more here. You're, you're good, dude. But no matter what happens on the third day, you're not going to really affect anything, so you might as well take the rest of the week off. And he really, really, really looked good uh, in those one-on-ones. I don't think that there was even a... A particular one-on-one -on -one rep where he lost, uh, so he he dominated easily the best edge rusher, if not player, at the Senior Bowl this week, and he's going to be talked about a ton throughout this process and possibly put himself into that mid to late first round conversation. And also another guy who is in that mid to late first round conversation 
Uh, Majay Sanders from Cincinnati. He came in weighing heavier than we expected. He looked pretty strong. He showed off that burst that he has, that that ability to uh, you know bend the edge, all that stuff that you want from a smaller, more explosive edge rusher. I think Sanders flashed that. Yeah, both of those guys had very good weeks. Uh, Nick and I spent a lot of time talking about them with Ed, so I'm not sure how much we really need to get into. We're going to be hearing about Jermaine Johnson a lot. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up if he has pushed, worked himself up or at least with the co- between the senior bowl week and the combine will work himself up to where he's being talked about in the same sentence and breath as David Ojabo out of Michigan and George, George Karloftis. So yeah, Johnson had himself two really good practices and it's impressive. They had to be that good. If he could just like you say, peace out and people are still talking about him as highly as they mm-hmm. are sanders he had he had a really good week as well i think he was stronger than some people really expected we know he can he's got good bursts we know he can bend the edge and he was really giving the offensive tackles fits out there kingsley enigbare out of south carolina i liked what i saw from him he was another guy who was a lot stronger than i expected uh mm-hmm. Yeah, I still feel sorry for Ballinger, the tight end, for getting matched up against him in that <laughs> call out to open the, I believe it was the second practice, and he just he just got driven twenty yards back and then to the ground twice. That wasn't even close to fair. But the other two guys I want to talk about are two of the lesser known, or at least they were lesser known edges, and that's. Uh, D'Angelo Malone out of Western Kentucky and Boye Maffe out of uh, Montana, right? Uh, wait, Boye, no, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah, sorry. I, I had my M states mixed up. But yeah, b- both of those guys, they had two sacks during the game. They flashed in practices. Uh, Malone is a smaller edge and there were a couple of these guys where they were in the 230 235 range but we're starting to see at the nfl level smaller edge rushers actually be allowed on the field not forced to change positions not used as situational pass rushers just they're allowed to play we saw Hassan Reddick just tear up the NFL the last two years micah parsons even as a part-time pass rusher the other time he is a linebacker uh, a true linebacker. Uh, he, if he isn't defensive rookie of the year and in content, you know, just in the conversation for defensive player of the year, I, I want to know what games the people who vote on that were watching. Cause they aren't the same <laughs> ones we were watching. So I have to wonder if those guys, the way they performed has opened the door for guys like Maffe and Malone and also Amari Barno out of Virginia tech to kind of say, hey, we can play in this league too. We might be a little bit leaner, but we are quick, we are explosive, and we can convert speed to power and really get offensive tackles on their heels. And actually, all three of those guys did a really good job of that. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. 
you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, during this cycle, we're going to talk a lot about these edge prospects. And there are so many options. It's not like last year's draft class where it was a bit limited. There are a lot of really good players that the Giants could draft, and we're going to keep throwing out different ones based on body type and how they're going to play. There's there's so many different options, but we do have to discuss the interior group, which probably not going to draft an interior lineman this year based on on the way that this this roster is built and where the one strength is. However, they still had uh, some two really good guys that stood out. And the first one being Travis Jones from UConn, who maybe like a slight step down below Jermaine Johnson had a dominant week. He was going against against guards and centers and he doesn't have like a big pass rush or pass rush arsenal, but he does have a ton of power and he was <laughs> driving dudes back left and right. He had a couple of nice swim moves. He beat Zion Johnson a couple of times. He looked really, really good for an interior rusher. And then Perian Winfrey, the, MVP of the game. You have to mention him. He had multiple sacks. He was dominant. And the one thing with Winfrey that you saw during these team periods, whenever there was an instance of like a like a run play inside and in his direction, he was disrupting things. He was blowing up double teams. He was making plays there. Those two guys, if the Giants want to draft somebody, I don't think they're going to be available where the Giants are going to be inconsider like worthy of considering drafting a D tackle. Probably not going to take one in the first two days, but if they happen to be available and they address other needs, they might be names to be aware of. Yeah, uh, Jones was super impressive. I think a lot of people overlooked him coming out of UConn because, well, nobody was really talking about UConn. But yeah, you know, he's got great size, 6'4", 326, 34-inch arms. He's got, like you said, power for days. I, he sacked a quarterback during the game with an offensive lineman. I believe it was Bailey Zappi. He just pushed an offensive lineman back so far, so fast that it just got the sack of Zappi and he never even had to lay a hand on him. That was super impressive. Yeah. I wonder if Jones can be that kind of nose tackle the giants have been looking for where, yeah, they had Austin Johnson. He played reasonably well, but you know they they could use a young guy who's going to be there for a while and not be real expensive. I don't know if Jones is still going to be available in the mid rounds. He might have been before this week, but yeah, scouts and teams are going back to his tape right now to see if they missed anything. And Perion Winfrey, I'll be honest, I'm looking at his measurements right now. I did. I was surprised to see he, he had 35 and a half inch arms. He's a big dude. He's yeah. A big dude. <laughs> and he was just unblockable in practices this week, at least from what I was able to see. Nobody was able to really shut him down or D 
deal with him effectively. He was a problem on every rep he took, and his intensity was honestly right there with Trevor Pen- Trevor Penning. I, I want to say keep those two dudes apart. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And the fights were really really entertaining. Um, Craig. Chris, we've got three more guys that we want to go over here. Uh, two different position groups. Let's la- let's finish up with the last defensive guy, Troy Anderson, linebacker from Montana State. We have mentioned his name before, and he's somebody that I've covered as somebody who covers FCS football being incredibly dominant. And not a lot of people knew who he was coming into the week. He was a bit of a later add to the roster. But the thing with Anderson that people don't know, he was an All-American quarterback and running back in his early years uh, at Montana State. They move him to linebacker, and then he's an All-American at linebacker. He was in contention for the best defensive player in the country. And the one simple thing to talk about with Anderson is that he is aggressive, he is athletic, and he is big. He is not your typical transfer from quarterback to linebacker. This guy is a monster. He's a menace. And I, I think that Troy could be like another like late day two, early day three prospect that the Giants need to solidify their linebacker position, and he's got really, really good size. He flies upfield. He's got the mentality that you want, and we started to see bits and pieces of that at the Senior Bowl. The only thing with Anderson that you get from him and that was apparent during practices is that he's a bit new to the position. He's not very... um, He's very green at playing linebacker, so it's going to take him some time to develop and learn how to play the game fully at a high level, and going from FCS to the NFL is a bit of a big jump, so that's something to consider with Anderson, which might help him be a, a later steal for him. Yeah, you, you talk about his size. It's 6'3", 242. I, I would have no problems if he showed up to the combine at 240 and just played at that for forever. That's plenty big enough for him. Like you said, he is aggressive. He is super athletic. Like he moves really, really well, especially for a bigger, more classically built linebacker. He can cover ground. He can play in space. He can cover from what I saw on his tape. I think you're right about him needing more time and seasoning at the position, just experience. Because I I think he is smart and instinctive. It's just that he hasn't seen a whole lot. Yeah, I think playing as a former quarterback will help him. That could, I think, shorten his learning curve at linebacker. Because when he was faced with concepts and formations and plays where he knew what was going to happen he had a really accurate first step he was really quick to the ball he fi- he knew his assignments he filled well yeah he was really fluid in working to the ball carrier but then when there was a, there was some eye candy or maybe some things he hadn't seen before you could see him kind of stop to slow down and process but i think once He puts it all together. Once he gets NFL coaching and just gets the reps in, he is going to be a a very fast linebacker, a guy who plays fast. And when you have a guy with his athleticism who plays fast at his size, that's a good player. Yeah, really, really fantastic player. Last two guys that we have are two wide receivers, and the Giants might be in the market for filling out that receiver group uh, with a a mid-late round guy. And the two that were drawing the most attention this week were Calvin Austin from Memphis and Christian Watson from North Dakota State. Now, Calvin Austin coming into this week was a little bit more known. He's a smaller, shiftier, 
really fast receiver who made a lot of big plays at Memphis. And in these one-on-ones, there was some concern of like, okay, is a guy that small going to be able to get himself off a press? But he was really shifty. He was really hard to keep track of by these DBs. And he made a number of really, really nice deep plays, just plays in general in these one-on-ones. But the big one for me, Chris, is the performance of Christian Watson from North Dakota State, who coming into to the Senior Bowl, nobody was really talking about him a whole lot except for those that might have been tracking FCS football and, and knew about him and how good of an athlete he was. This is a height, weight, speed guy. Six foot four. He's about 210 pounds. He's got huge hands, good size arms, and he's going to run in the four fours at that size, which is very rare to find. And you almost wonder, like, oh, is he just a vertical threat? No, we saw that he can play in these, these body position battles. He can make plays on the sideline. He was making some really, really nice catches. Watson is easily the best case of going from being mostly unknown to being one of the most talked about players of the week based on his ability to make splash plays and win those one-on-one reps. I'm a big fan of Christian Watson, and I, I was a big fan of him coming into the week, and I kept uh, pushing that on Twitter that, you need to start paying attention to this guy. You need to keep him in your thoughts. You need to keep go back and watch the tape and, and get an understanding of who he is because he's going to be a, a very, very dangerous player at the next level. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the two most impressive receivers were probably the two most opposite receivers on the property. <laughs> you know, Calvin, Calvin Austin is five foot seven, 173. Christian Watkins, six foot four. 210 and he could probably be 215 easily probably 220 although i'm not sure i'd want him that big no you know watson what really impressed me was how well he moved around the offensive formation they didn't just leave him as the x receiver up on the line of scrimmage you know being physical with the cornerbacks they moved him to the flanker position they moved him to the slot position and he was able to play those positions well he's got really good route running and really really good body control for a player his size he moves like a much smaller receiver and i mean that as a compliment now a lot of times with big receivers they lean into the big receiver skill set where i'm taller than you i'm heavier than you I will just bully you and win at the catch point. Uh, Watson, he can be a route runner. He can separate from receivers and that's something or from defensive backs. And that's something the Giants really need. Uh, Calvin Austin, he just wasn't fair with his just speed and athleticism and twitch. I, I saw some people wondering if he might be a 4-2 player at the combine and I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, he was really fast. I saw multiple reps in practice where the whoever was assigned to cover him, they were just completely stressed by his speed, and they just panicked and abandoned their technique, which made life easy for Calvin Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And both these guys looked really, really good during the week of practice. And that's going to round out our list of players that you need to know about. And we've got the combine not too far away. So there's going to be more to cover, more to talk about as that gets closer. So make sure you're subscribed and up to date on all of the offseason and NFL draft coverage for the New York Giants. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot 
because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.